The Brandon Peters Show may contain explicit language and detailed plot points. For more information on the show, stay tuned to the end of the episode. It is Friday and time to wrap up another week of the summer of 93 at 30 here on the Brandon Peters Show. It's the summer of 93 at 30. With, of course, another music video. But first, I want to introduce my guest for this week and returning for another summer run. We have life coach extraordinaire, author, and the host of the Curse to Rise podcast, Jennifer Rayford. I'm excited to be back. I wouldn't miss it. Yes. How have you been? It's in the in the years the the eleven years since 1982. How have you been? <laughs> oh, you know, I hairstyles have changed, clothing has changed. <laughs> I don't know. I'm seeing a lot of things coming back from '93. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. '93. I mean, we're still in that. Like '90s fashion wise was that weird '80s like becoming the 90s phase where it's it's really weird um it's its own thing and i remember with kid wise there was a lot with the uh the looney tunes dressed as like hip-hop people was popular mm-hmm. on your mm-hmm. shirts like wearing the crisscross and you had like a taz, taz doing that yeah i remember that was a thing but there was like a lot of big shoulders were still around i think they got like really big before they just went away yeah, thankfully and, they went away. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, and then we got more into like the uh, the resurgence of the seventies fashions, which I was down with. I I granted I was a, I was a teenager in the nineties growing up there, so I do have a lot of fondness. But I I liked my baggier pants with the uh, not quite fully bell bottom bell bottom return on them and stripes on. Yeah, I liked that stuff, but that's just me. Um, so 93 any memories of what was going on with little little jen 90, back oh, then 93 let's see that would have been middle school i don't know it was probably trauma after trauma after trauma <laughs> gotcha <laughs> i think everybody should get a stipend for middle school for like counseling afterwards <laughs> middle school what was the point <laughs> just it's just the waiting room for high school it's- yeah, I think that was that would have been my I would have been in eighth grade. It, it yeah, it, going going into eighth grade, crossing over into graduating the next year. So. Gotcha. There you go. Um, so unlike last year, I'm much more prepared. So since you were on last year's, much more prepared, and I know where the music videos lock in this time when we recorded last time. But I wasn't quite sure. Um, so <clears throat> this week on the Monday episode, uh, the movies we discussed were Cliffhanger. Made in America, Super Mario Brothers, and Menace to Society. Have you seen or remember any of those? And quick thoughts, if you want them. It is it is so far back in the memory banks, but I do I remember. <laughs> I got to dust that off a little bit. Yeah. I I don't know. I think I I think I must have seen all of them. 
I vaguely remember the Super Mario Brothers movie. You're better for it. I know a lot of people are coming out this year and being like, it wasn't that bad. It was just real crazy. I'm like, no, it sucked. Like, I, I've seen it. I've done two pie. Like, my old show, I did an episode on Super Mario Brothers, and this show for this summer of 93, a 30 series, I have done it again, and I watched the work print version, which even longer, even not as good. So... I'm just saying, I wasn't the biggest fan of this new one, the cartoon one, but man, I'll, I'll take it. It's a quick 90 minutes compared to the Bob Hoskins one from... Yeah. Oh, that's right. Gosh. Now I'll just I, I'll just go back. I, I just want to default to the classic Super Mario Brothers on the original Super Nintendo, which yep. I dug out of my parents' basement. And so... <laughs> hey, I, I'll go to bat for... Um, did you ever watch the Super Mario Brothers Super Show with Captain Lou Albano? I missed that one. <laughs> oh, it was, yeah, it was, so it was like, it was one of those, like, we've got cartoons, but we've got this live action wraparound with it. And it was Mario and Luigi in their apartment. And it was this crazy 80s looking apartment. It was like, of course, huge and slimy looking. And they had like a pizza phone. Um, and, they would have guest stars like Cindy Lauper was on an episode of it, and they would have a cartoon Mario, and it was on weekdays. So Monday through Thursday, you had a Mario cartoon. Friday was Zelda, so you had a you got to Friday it was Zelda, and Link would always go, "Excuse me, princess." So. <laughs> oh, but, Zelda. So yeah, but yeah, it was a this was an interesting week for us talking about these movies because they were all pretty fun to talk about um that cliffhanger of course the stallone movie and then made in america the will smith and Whoopi goldberg and ted danson uh movie it's a little movie that could um not too bad and then menace to society is of course quite quite incredible here um but yeah that was what this week was for those of you who listened monday um so this one today, I've brought you here for Love Is, which is a duet by Vanessa Williams and Brian McKnight, which was featured on the soundtrack for Beverly Hills 90210, which I didn't realize till going this. This this had no album. It wasn't on Vanessa Williams' album. It wasn't on Brian McKnight's. It was like, we're selling 90210 soundtracks. It got used on Melrose Place later. I'm going to make an admission here. I own this album. 90210, the soundtrack. Did you have this? I did not. I did not, but I watched the show. I don't think okay. I had this. Okay, so you were a, an avid viewer of 90210. I would say not necessarily an avid viewer. I was a part-time, occasional viewer. <laughs> okay. I, I watched it. I watched it during... Okay, so there was the summer... There's a summer I watched it, and it ended up being the summer it spun off into Melrose Place um, um, mm -hmm. with, uh, what was the actor's name? Grant Show. Yeah, and it was a Heather Locklear on that one. Uh, yeah, my mom watched Melrose Place. Like, that, yeah. was her, that was her show. She, like, for some reason didn't watch 90210, but Melrose Place. Oh, and I knew it all. Like, there's Dr. Michael Mancini. He cheated on, like, every, he had, like, this hot wife, and he cheated on her all the time. And then there was the woman with the red hair that went on desperate went on to be on Desperate Housewives, and like she was like this vicious woman that like they killed off, and she came back from the dead. Like it was insane. Elizabeth Shue's brother was on it, Andrew Shue, Courtney Thorne Smith. Like 
Melrose Place was lit, like lit with people. It had, um, it had quite a cast. But yeah, like yeah, but Grant Show's character dated um, Kelly or Jenny. Jen, it was Jenny Garth played Kelly. Kelly Taylor was the, yeah. So yeah, he dated like her, and then he like broke up and left to go what like down the street and live in Melrose Place. <laughs> like they're up, they're not. I've lived there. They're not far. They're not far. Um. I, I realized that, but like, yeah, so there's that. I had this album, and I'll say this. I didn't buy it. My uncle, like, Columbia House sent him an extra one or something, and if you're listening, hi, Uncle Mark. Um, he is like, do you want this? I have At the time, I was like, ooh, a CD, yes. It's like a CD, because uh, I probably had like six at the time or something, but um, I jammed it. It had the theme song on it, so that was important. And then it also had t- Jeremy Jordan, The Right Kind of Love. Do you remember this song? Oh. It's the big. right kind of love. It's the right <laughs> kind of night. You're the right kind of girl. Ooh. Ooh, yep. Um, it also had Saving Forever for You by Shanice and Why by D-Mob with Kathy Dennis. That was the uh, Those were the singles from this album. Uh, but... Color Me Bad was also on here, as well as Paula Abdul featured on there, and Jody Watley. So Diane Warren wrote a couple songs for the soundtrack, so they weren't messing around. I uh, think, didn't Color Me Bad guest star on a episode? And wouldn't surprise me! Wouldn't yeah. Surprise. I think people, <laughs> it's so funny when you get to these groups when you lived in the era and know how huge a group was, and then they disappeared, and like people even that lived during them might not remember. It's like, Color Me Bad! They were huge! They were like, yeah. They were. It was a, it was a big deal. <laughs> they they wanted to sex us up. Nobody <laughs> like, caught and forgotten that song. <laughs> yeah. They, yeah. They were going yeah. back in the memory banks. Yes. I I thought it was interesting. So 90210, I guess when it was when when that aired, the first season that they put it on, it was either that or a uh series that was based on the movie Heathers. Oh, okay. And they picked 90210 <laughs> for that. Okay. It was probably was a good choice. Probably a good choice. Yeah. And I uh, you know what? This was also the summer. So um if you listen to the Brandon Peters show, uh, this is the summer following the cancellation of The Heights, which was another spinoff ish. It wasn't, it came from the same wheelhouse, um, had the soundtrack, which Jessica Osman and I did the entire series like two years ago on here. We, we found bootlegs and went through that show. And I'm sure the six of you that listened to that enjoyed it. <laughs> Cause, oh yeah. So, uh, but that was this is the year following that. Um, 90210 had two more soundtracks for the college years, not to be confused with Saved by the Bell, the college years, and songs from the Peach Pit. So they had those. Uh, this particular song peaked at number three on the Billboard Hot 100. This was just another hit in the can for um, Vanessa Williams. But Brian McKnight, this is the breakout. He had an album before, blah, blah, blah. This was his breakout. Um, this was, it hit number one on contemporary charts, reached number two on the mainstream uh, top 40. Uh, there were apparently multiple cuts of the song with different versions of the solo during the bridge. Um, so first, okay, 
let's talk the people making this song this week because we've got a video that isn't much to talk about. <laughs> so <Probably> um, <laughs> this summer was a struggle on the videos. Um, and I'm not dissing anything, but like there's a lot of R&B in the Casey Kasem uh, top 10 here. And there's a lot of like hangout videos with like hit songs have just like hangout videos, which are like, there's people in a room singing. So <laughs> Vanessa Williams, like she was like, a major deal back then like because she was like the first african-american miss america um she like just she was a singer and then she starred with schwarzenegger in that movie eraser she was already acting and stuff um she had at this point she was coming off this major single she had called save the best for last do you remember that song i remember that song i could not could not escape that in like 1992 or whatever. It was everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So what, what do you remember about Vanessa Williams? Like around this time? I, I remember, well, I remember the Miss America and I remember that she, she was, I remember that song was everywhere. Like mm-hmm. I, I remember save the best for last. And I actually did not, I don't remember if I'd ever heard love is. Okay. And, and I was like, this is not the Vanessa Williams song. I remember but she was extremely talented and and she did have multi she was multi multi talented i remember in the sense that she obviously being miss Barry, but also incredibly intelligent on top of you know being extremely gifted in so many different areas but i remember her music being all over at that point and all like similar sort of love kind of ball- not not ballads per se but just mm-hmm. like airy love songs right right <laughs> Yeah, and then she, you know, she went on. She married Rick Fox from the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, I'll tell you, here's a funny aside about Vanessa Williams. So, before my school taught me, um, there was a summer. I think it was before fifth grade where they taught us about uh, the birds and the bees in fifth grade. I told my parents a joke that a friend told me because I didn't understand it. And they decided, well, we need to tell them about this stuff. How best to do so in 1990? Maybe it was 93. Or no, it wouldn't have been 93. It would have been like summer or two before this. How do we tell him about it? We go rent a VHS tape from somewhere. They rented this um, thing about um, teaching kids about sex and stuff. And it had Vanessa Williams on it. (laughs) And you know what she said in the video that she told me? She told me that she was saving herself for marriage. And that, you know, that was important and abstinent and that um, she can't wait because she's going to... Remember, I remember it clearly. She's like, I can't wait because on my wedding night, I'm going to be like, I have been waiting my whole life for you. I've been saving myself for you. Can you imagine how good that will feel for another person to know that and know that you both have been saving each other? And I'm like, then I grew up and I remember this thing. I'm like, she was probably full of shit. <laughs> like... Because didn't she have some like, was she also, not that this equates one another, but didn't she have some like nude pictures that were a big controversy? Well, there was a, there was a big controversy and and it was a penthouse. Okay. uh, 
nudes that were that were unauthorized. I don't know the backstory of whether it was actually a photo okay. shoot that she did for them or whether it was something that that they got their hands on, but there was some speculation that there were some, I think, nefarious forces involved in trying to get her dethroned as Miss America because okay. of the, that she was the first African-American. Gotcha. But uh, yeah, so there, there were at least nude photos out there, which... Yeah. So, yeah, so that's that's a memory of Vanessa Williams I'll never forget. <laughs> Having to watch that video with my parents. And uh, the joke that got me in trouble was, it's so dumb. So, like... Uh, there's two kids, a boy and a girl. They're in the backseat of a car. And they go, hey, can I stick my finger in your belly button? And the little the girl goes, hey, that's not my belly button. And the boy says, that's not my finger either. <laughs> that led to my parents. This is what led to your sex education. <laughs> yep. And then, it, then that year in school, when they, everybody else was learning about it, be like, I know this already. <laughs> I know what happens. So, yeah. Thanks, Vanessa. Thanks, Vanessa. So I, I, I I find her story slightly dubious. I could be. Perhaps I'm. <laughs> I will say there was a point in time, like, it's not to be all, like, gross male or whatever, but, like, there was a point in time where I'd be, like, I'd have thought, like, looking at her, like, oh, that's one of the most attractive people I've ever seen. Like she was that good looking back she way back beautiful. in the day. She had the she's great stunning. eyes. Like she's yeah, still, just, she's still beautiful. Yeah. She was she was stunning. She had such a unique look and and just the beautiful eyes, like blue eyes. Mm-hmm. I think she was just stunning. Just one of those like yeah, like whoa, okay. Um, now we'll move on to Brian McKnight, um, who you know he had that huge hit back at one. Uh, anytime, like he going to be a big have a big run as an R and B star, which. Um, sadly now is doing Chili's advertisements with his back at one song redone for Chili's lyrics. Sad. You got to pay the bills, man. <laughs> I guess so. And, and because, and because they keep showing up in my feeds because I was been searching Brian McKnight stuff. And now he's like, one, it's like an order come true. Three. That's the wings with me. eat the wings with me. Like it's really bad. It's like I. It's sad. I'm like and he looks ha- he looks happy, but I'm like, are you really Brian? Are you really? <laughs> How do you feel about your life choices? <laughs> but yeah, that guy could write a that guy could write a ballad. I'll tell you what, that guy. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, they come together here. Your thoughts on this song? It was very. I was. I, I once I got through the whole. Have I heard this before? What is this? But I, as I was listening to it, actually, what I was doing when I was watching the video was trying to figure out if it was the same scene of ballet dancers each time that we mm-hmm. were watching. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it, it was interesting, sort of just listening to the lyrics and the songs. It was kind of like, are we? Is it a happy love song? And then it's right. like, well, no, it was a paradise, but now it's dying and. Like I, I was like, well, that took a turn. <laughs> where, yeah. where are we in this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a weird hodgepodge of like. It feels like that perfect for like the year it came out, playing at like a middle school dance because yes. we're like, well, it sounds slow. Maybe it's a romantic yeah. song. Yeah. So <laughs> it was like lo- love conquers all, but uh, you know, 
all, all, but then also like love is kind of awful, but yeah, <laughs> it's like, yeah. I don't know. It was just, it, it was a little bit like a, an angsty middle school student, mm-hmm. but, but put together in a very beautiful arrangement. <laughs> yeah. And it's black and white. It's some, ballerina some shadow brian mcknight on the piano and she's up close to the microphone he's in the back (laughs) it's directed by ralph zimon and he um he directed videos for expose la guns he did the uh faith no more video for epic people know that song he did videos for alice cooper he did a a lot more vanessa williams videos and did tony braxton and the perry mason video for ozzy osbourne so it's got some decent cred under there. But yeah, the video, there's not much. It's just like slow, pretty, and Vanessa Williams looking like sad, kind of, and serious. And Brian McNeice looks like he's just kind of in a groove. Like, yeah, I don't know if they meant. Just playing his piano, doing his thing. Yeah. So really, yeah, there's not a whole lot to this video. But it was uh, it was pretty basic. It's pretty basic. Just some be- mm-hmm. little beautiful imagery. Yeah, it's piece of an era. And the, my favorite note of this was like I knew it was on the nine hundred two one zero soundtrack, but I didn't know it was meant to push records for the nine hundred two one zero soundtrack. Yeah. yeah, I was like, wow, okay, they were serious. But I forget soundtracks were meaningful back then, and not just like. Uh, here's some popular songs already on there. Soundtracks used to have people record songs for it, get B-sides from album recordings to put on there and try to make it a unique experience, or write songs that meant something to the material they're a soundtrack for. Lost art now. It's just like needle drops, basically, for everything. But Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's because you'd always get the intro song on the soundtrack and then, you know, just mm-hmm. a nice a nice mix of... Of uh, and and you'd buy this. Well, this is true for most CDs. You buy buy it for for a song or two. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's true. That's true. And I mean, this is even. I, I'll give them a head start here. This is before, like soundtracks. Eighties figured out something with soundtracks, and then nineties, they would f- fly off again. And it it started so mid to late nineties. It started where it became like. Well, let's just throw a hodgepodge of like popular people and songs on here. Not quite the already hits, but like, let's just. I don't care if the song has anything to do about the movie. Just put a hit on it. Give me a hit or something. Um, that kind of starts with like a couple years after this Batman Forever, which would be like huge soundtrack with um, one of the best of the era. But once that one dominates, like everybody's got to have their Batman Forever soundtrack, and that's how it keeps going and going and going. But. Do you have any favorite soundtracks from the nineties? You know, I, it's, it's so funny because I have such a block now around the nineties. Cause I know I did. I must have. Cause but I, know, as I was, yeah. Batman forever would definitely be on my list. I also can't hardly wait is a big one. Oh that yeah. I, that was a good one. I like that soundtrack. Grant, there's was, nothing uh, written for that movie on there. It was just, I felt like it was a good variety package of all the music people were listening to in high school sans country because yeah no, no that was that a that was a good one that was the one with seth green wasn't it or no mm-hmm. yeah seth green jennifer love hewitt ethan embry um, that's right they did the the smash mouth uh can't get enough of you baby was a single from that but it also had like buster rhymes on there um it had oh, what else was on there 
oh, some other shit. I can't remember now. Um, Gross Point Blake. That was a favorite of mine, but that Gross, was just. Oh, a, that, that one. I loved that one. I did have that one. That was, that was. That, that, that had the, was that the one that had the James song on it laid? Nope. That was uh, American Pie. American Pie. Okay. Gross Point right. Blank. Gross Point, but no, I had that one. That it was, was all eighties stuff. Yeah. And Mini Driver. Yep. And yeah, I love that. I, I still have that CD somewhere. So I did have the soundtrack. Too, but so there was good. Some song in there. I loved it. I can't remember which one it was. It had two volumes. Yeah. It had the remix of the, uh, uh, was it Pete Townsend? Let my love open the door to your heart. It had the remix <laughs> version of that on there. It had two Clash songs, including my favorite, Rudy Can't Fail. Uh, yeah, had a lot. And it had the um, Blister in the Sun from. That, yeah, five. that yeah. one. I remember that one was the one I really liked. Yeah. Um, which was recently featured in the movie Air. So, um, but yeah, so the, those are some soundtracks. I'm trying to think. Uh, people like the Romeo and Juliet one a lot. That was everywhere. I didn't oh, even know that one. Oh, that was the Leonardo Romeo the plus, yeah, one. Romeo yeah. plus Juliet. Sorry. Romeo plus yeah. Juliet one with love me, love me, <laughs> say that you love me. <laughs> garbage milk on there. And yeah, that was a, that was a popular one. I'm trying to think. Scream 2. Scream 2 was one of my favorite soundtracks as well. I don't know what else I had. I was trying to think. I did. I definitely had the gross point blank. I feel like there were a couple other ones that I had that I must have listened to over and over again. But I was still very much into, I wasn't really into kind of the music of the era. I was very into classic rock. And so Mm. I like would play that on repeat and really didn't usually know what was going on in the world outside of that. I had (laughs) this, I had this weird fit. So like, I, I hope listeners are loving this up-topic conversation because I am. Um, I had this weird part. So I was a big alternative kid. And somehow in there, I got involved because like, I wanted to hear the music the artists I was liking my generation were listening to. So I got into a lot of like Zeppelin 70s stuff because that's what they were getting influenced by. And I, through that 70s stuff, I started going forward. Like I had classic rock too. I was big on like Aerosmith quite a bit back then. Um, I got in this like '80s hair metal phase, and like my friends were worried about me a lot because they were like, "What are you doing, dude? We we got out of that. Like, what happened? Like, what? They're they're like, we were worried about." It. And then I got into like, then they thought I was cool because I got into like, I got out of it and into like new metal, which was like, no, like we don't <laughs> go back and go. Oh, new metal was awesome, but I was there listening to Corn and like Limp Biscuit and all that. Like guilty. I'm not gonna be like, oh no, Limp Biscuit wasn't cool. I'm like, no, I fucking bought their albums. <laughs> I did. So not gonna act like too cool for it now, but uh yeah, that that got me out of my eighties hairband thing. But yeah, I was the, but the my one concert like the doors. That was like the coolest old band back in the nineties. I don't know if kids listen to the doors anymore. I I I don't know. There's just some classic tunes like that. I would listen to Eagles yeah. and Springsteen and Crosby Stills and Nash, mm-hmm. my favorite. I just, you know, that was what I listened to. I was not was not a particularly cool kid at that there you point. Go. So I just you're, did my own thing. Yep, you were ahead of your time. <laughs> you're ahead of your time. I was behind or ahead. I don't know, but I didn't fit there. So. There you go. <laughs> you had your place. You had your I, place. Yeah, I w- I did want to tell you there was in in dusting off my brain on nine hundred two one zero is. Did you know that the school is the same school that they used for the Buffy the Vampire Slayer series? Yes. High school? Yeah. I was I like, since that. you and I did that episode yes. on the movie, I was like, oh, I got to tell Brandon this. Yes, you go. <laughs> yeah, I did read that somewhere a long time ago. I was like, oh, that's neat. 
So yeah. For me, it's yeah. the Buffy High School, I guess, because I wasn't that I didn't watch the 902. I, I really wasn't. Yeah. I can tell you every single Buffy episode. I can't tell all that much about 902. I, I can't I get tired of the Sophie back and forth. Like, I, I, I watched the first season of it, I think. Okay. After that, it was kind of like, hmm. I own the entire series on DVD because one of the studios sent it to me. <laughs> and I was like, but me and be like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go through. I still haven't gone through it. But <laughs> I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to make the 90210 pilgrimage. So, well, you can't watch a lot of them on streaming because of the music rights on some, they don't have the full, they uh, don't, because of all, some of the, although Dawson's Creek had that problem, but Paula Cole re recorded the song to be used to do mm-hmm. that. So if you hear it with Paula Cole now, which uh, it just came, the full series just came out on Blu-ray a month ago from when we we're recording, and um, they confirmed like, yes, Paula is on this. So because they have Run Like Mad, which was a the other option for the show when it came out. Which is not that good a song. I like no Paula Cole, and I even I remember, and I can't find it anywhere. Look, because I thought at one point because like they were advertising Dawson's Creek back then with Third Eye Blind's "How's It Gonna Be" mm-hmm. a lot, and I was like, oh, is that gonna be like the song for it? And it wasn't. It was Paula Cole, but they were they were doing that Third Eye Blind song, but that would have been a cool option too. But yeah, alas, I, I like Third Eye Blind. I had a couple of their 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 album, at least one of their albums. Maybe they only had mm-hmm. one. I had yeah. Everybody had the the semi charm kind of life one. Yeah, yeah that yeah. was the that was the one jumper and how's it gonna be and yeah yeah so cool stuff. But yeah, that's our that's our that's our little '90s trick down here to talk about. Love is uh, a song that the video just is what it is and uh, song's fine. Um, it's a little little ballad. Um, not quite as huge as the previous one for Vanessa Williams or what would come later for Brian McKnight, but here we are. But so, Jennifer, thank you again for stopping by December 93. You'll be back later on. Later on, this isn't it. You'll come back, I believe, towards the very end. So you're going to take a big old break. You're here towards the beginning, and then you will you will set up the finale uh, next time. But until then, where can people keep up with you over the summer? I You can find me at couragedrise.com. And I am on Instagram as uh, I am Jennifer Rayford. So, and I will be busy with a retreat between now and uh, the next the next episode. So, I'm very excited about. Also, that. are you going to be sharing like uh, pictures and uh, videos from it, like last oh, time? Yes. Okay, oh, check yeah. those out. That's if you want some inspirational stuff. See what that happens at those. It's very neat. I'm someone from afar, and I'm like, that looks like a really awesome time. So. It's amazing. Recommend. I just, I, I love it. Such an incredible experience. We're doing this one in Costa Rica. So excited to be back down there too. There you go. Awesome. Well, we look forward to your adventures. Uh, I'm on Twitter and Instagram here at Brandon4KUHD. Written work at whysoblue.com. Come back Monday is Scott Aaron and I will be talking Life with Mikey, Guilty as Sin, The Music of a Chance, and a re-release of a 1964 film called Nothing But a Man, which... Is pretty pretty cool film that we had no idea existed before we talked about it. So you're gonna you're gonna want to hear that, uh, as well as all your fun pop culture happenings from the summer of '93, as that adventure continues. But have a good weekend and stay film positive. It's the summer of '93 at 30. Thank you for listening. The Brandon Peters Show is a Creative Zombie Studios production. Produced by Brad Shoemaker and Brandon Peters. Written and edited by Brandon Peters. 
Announcer vocals by Jessica Alsman. Theme song by Metavari. Web design and show art by Brad Shoemaker with Brandon Peters. All music and clips featured in the episode are property of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. The summer of and news themes by Press Maxson. Additional information on this and other episodes at thebrandonpetershow.com. For any inquiries, press opportunities, or sponsorship, contact mail at thebrandonpetershow.com. The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere podcasts are found.